0: of welcome back Costa thanks for having me um it's good to be back yeah yeah uh so
1: I hear you've got some big news in your personal life
0: yes that's right um getting getting married in May it's very exciting um had to schedule it around some of the Tigers games but um we managed to, to agree <laughs> to that so like on a Wednesday night or something yeah that's right, that's <laughs> right. yeah exactly right. well generally the safe bets you know doing it around October where the grand final's on but um no yeah it's very exciting for for us yeah right, excellent.
1: Well, uh, we've got a big show planned today, so we're going to go through uh, a bit of the trial form that we witnessed last weekend, and and probably about sixty percent of the teams for this weekend have been announced. We're talking um, on Wednesday night right now, so we'll we can gain a, a little bit of knowledge, I suppose, from the trial teams that have been announced and, and some of the form that we've seen in the first week. Uh, but first things first, I'm going to ask you what your team looks like because. I've seen some of your week one teams in the past, and there are some wacky selections. I've, I've seen some very interesting selections in your team, so I'm very interested to know, you know, who who have got paid at this point in time. Yeah, well,
0: that's right. Well, it's funny because I look at the the first name on the list, and it's probably going to throw you off a little bit. I'd like to think mine's a little bit template, but I'm um, starting off at hooker. I'm actually I've actually got McCulloch in there um, what? as my first hooker. Yep, given his price was pretty good and. I just think early on, just want to bank some points. Um, and I think he'd be pretty safe for at least 50 a week. Um, and so I, I, I saw him last year. He was, he was cracking some scores along mid-year. Um, so I've penciled him in. Also, I just think some of the other hooking options are probably just a bit expensive given that you're going to full back. I've got t- um, Teddy and, and Turbo. So yeah, got to take funds are a bit scarce, there. right? So then Randall as a backup. Forwards, I was a little bit reluctant to, to put big money in, but I've got Fannil Blake and Stefano up front. Okay. Um, I've got Fafida, Um and then my third, second row is pretty, pretty rough. I need to get a good, cheapie in there. Um, I've just parked Tualagi if he can crack the edge, edge spot for the Tigers. Um, I've got Sexton and Lua in the halves. Yeah. And then I've got Aiken, Stags, Xavier Coates, and Suwali pending, I guess, right wing. Um, if he gets there for the Roosters, yep. and then yeah, Teddy and Turbo. So, you know, all the benchies are, are your standard um, kind of ones that are sitting there like Taff and Illus and Targo and um, and p- players like that. But we'll, obviously, we'll see we'll see what it looks like after the next couple of trials. But you know, I imagine they'll have to cut it up a little bit. Um, but I think I'm, I'm more happy than I thought, considering I've gone uh, Turbo and Teddy at the back.
1: Yeah. Okay. And and sorry. Say again who your halves were. You'd- your starting halves.
0: I've got Sexton. That's right, yeah. And Jerome Luai. Yeah. I've okay. gone back to the Luai well. He's reasonably priced. Oh, so, look, I've got a lot of questions about that team. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I mean, yep. some of them are, yeah, I mean, McCulloch, I'm not even going to get started there. Did you see that, that there's rumour that Corey Pa might get a start at the Bronx? Really? Yeah. They're talking about, it. I mean, we haven't seen a team list for the Broncos at the time of recording. Um, for okay. the last the trial, but there was some talk that he might start.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure. Sh- I mean, he's
1: 200,000 and kind of his dual halfback It's kind of tempting if he starts. If if Turpin's on the bench, even at 200K, I don't know, I might avoid it. Like, he, they might share the time and get sort of 40, 50, you know, maybe
0: Corey, Corey Pah only gets sort of 45 minutes or something, and then it's like he might score pretty badly. And it will be interesting up there as well because Billy Walters, look, they're talking about possibly him being at 5'8", but I wouldn't be surprised if he spent some time as a hooker up there as well,
1: yeah, yeah. Um, and there's so many cheap cheapies in the halves now because, as you say, they're talking about Billy Walters um, getting the six jersey at the Broncos. We've got the likes of Telltale Amon, uh, yep. Lockie Elias, Jackson Hastings, uh, you know, the list goes on. You can if basically, half,
0: is it? The fullback from South, if he gets that gig, I mean uh, it, that'll be an interesting one as well to see what what happens there. Um, you know he he's available in the halves as well. You so. can't pick him though, can you? You know well, did he you hear that Latrell's coming back round two now? Which is interesting. The, you know how there was a bit of chat earlier around possibly Latrell playing in the centres. Oh really? So the thing would be interesting with that is given the you know the dual position um, changes after round six. If he plays a couple of games in the centres. And then there's a switch up, you know, by round six. You know, he becomes a very viable option. Oh, it'd be amazing.
1: But I... No. No, surely not. Yeah,
0: we'll For see. the sake of
1: Blake Taff, no. <laughs> um. So a couple of your other selections. So I'm pretty cold on Stefano. Right. Um. I just think... Like, I don't think he's a bad pick, but I just don't see a huge amount of upside. Like, I just... If you look at his games at the back end of last year where he was playing, like, sort of the 50, 55-minute games um, and he didn't score a try, he he basically didn't break 60. Yeah. So, like, I'm just sort of... I mean, I guess you're hoping that he scores a few tries, but if he doesn't get over the line, I think you're looking at a kind of 55-ish average, maybe 57 or something. Yeah. Which
0: is okay. I guess he doesn't have much of an off... I guess, look, the, the offload's probably there. I just thought maybe the second year. He had a big year last year. The other thing as well is, um, I think he will play big minutes. Um, I always like having a Tigers player in there. As to your point, though, you know, a lot of the times I don't like spending a lot of money in the forwards as well, mm. which is which is a bit of a, you know, you don't want tied up there early. Um, so I'll just yeah maybe have a visit of some other, some of the option, other options out there. Who who have you got in the in the forwards to start?
1: Well, so I've got David Um mm-hmm. I really want Angus Crichton, mm. but. Look, to be honest, my team is in disarray after I've seen some of the team lists that have come out. Like, I I don't know what to do. There's, there's actually too many options now. So yeah. in the forwards, we've got the likes of, and we haven't seen the Manly team yet, but whoever gets the left back row spot um, at Manly, the, the Josh Schuster spot, yeah. is, is probably a pretty good shout. So it could be Kane Wharton, who's like 346k. It could be Ethan Bullimore, who's 280k could be yep. Andrew Davey, who's even cheaper. But whoever it is, um, Dez likes to play his, his back as big minutes. And so, I think that's a pretty good shout, even though they might only get sort of four or five weeks. That, that might be enough. Um, and it might get a bit longer than that. It looks like the Schuster injury, injury is pretty bad. Then we've got... Yes, yeah, big loss for them, yeah. In the North Queensland side, they've named both Luki and Nanai to start. And they're both around yep. that 350k mark as well. Now... If they've got a back rower on the bench, like a Mitch Dunn type character, you'd assume that at least one of them gets a bit of a rest, but we don't know which one. So at the moment I've got Luki in there as well. Yeah. Then we've got Katoa potentially playing off SJ. Yeah. For the for the Warriors. Um now again if, if Murdoch Mussiller is on the bench, I assume Katoa won't play 80. I think I think Aitken plays 80 and Katoa plays 50. Yep. But even 50 minutes at 350k running off SJ with their draw, like, maybe
0: it's enough. Yeah, you know, the interesting thing would be, I'm really keen on what, on that Warriors game. Um, not just so much for, you know, the potential of possibly being SJ, although I agreed with your sentiments last pod around, you know, I guess, tied legs and what he did at the end of last year. I think more importantly, it's, you know, what, what will he do for the, the back rollers outside him um, and the way that he generally will put people through. So those those back, you know, those back the edges and the back rollers for the Warriors to become a little bit more enticing. Would you get Katoa playing 50 minutes
1: running off SJ? I'm pretty sure he's going to be on the right, on on yeah. side.
0: I, I do like it. Um, he was good a couple of years ago. It just he, uh, he was getting big minutes just... then, though. Yeah, and that's the thing. I think just defensively, he coming off an injury last year, I mean, it, depending on how you know how they go, he, he does become tempting. I think because at those price points, um, it's hard to ignore. But then we've got both Firma. So you can pick. So
1: firma has been named on the edge for the Titans, um, mm-hmm. and Proctor is named at nineteen. Now, mm. at the moment, like I don't know how much you read into a trial team. But at the moment they've got um, both Boyd and Will Smith in the, like the top 17, and I don't necessarily yeah. expect that to happen. But also there's Isaac Liu to come back, so maybe yeah. Liu just takes one of those spots. But if if Proctor's not there, and that would that would make you think that Firmer's playing 80, he's 379k, and you can throw him into the center wing or
0: or either way. Yeah, that's right. He's dual, isn't he? Yeah, he's dual. So you know there's a lot of options. It's funny how it all opens up now and uh, they've got Joel off at ten. I'd probably maybe I wonder if Leo could play prop for them. Um, maybe. It'd be interesting how they're fought. I've got Jared Wallace there as well, he's probably come off the bench. Yeah, there's it does throw a lot up and that's the problem sometimes with trials, isn't it? You get excited about certain combinations. Um but there is value. And I think at the beginning of last year, you know, the when the when the round one teams was, were announced, um, they were cheapies, but they all kind of misfired at the beginning, so um, it's it's all about picking those you know that value early. Um, you might be able to get away with it this year with the extra trades um, that are available if you use the boosts um, for a t- money perspective, but um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with some of these squads.
1: Yeah, uh, I've got Haas and Pango in the in the props, and then two cheap guys, Momazir and King. Uh, for the third and fourth prop spot. I am running R- Randall and Grant still. Mm-hmm. Um, I've gone really cheap in the halves at the moment. Uh, actually, sort of cheap-ish. The guy that I'm really interested in, uh, actually, for the Warriors, and I've got him in my halves at the moment, is Cody Dicarima.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So everyone's running SJ, for basically, for the for the idea that he's got the draw. Now, it's all going to come down to who's got the goal-kicking. Yeah. Um, I think everyone's assuming SJ's got the goal-kicking. But Cody Nicarima, if he's got the goal kicking. Last year when he when he had the goal kicking, he was playing eighty minute games. He averaged about seventy. Yeah, he was really good last year. He's he does, you know, he's still got his legs. He's yep. he's got that great running game. Um maybe the fact that SJ's there who, you know, do the organizing and the kicking will actually free up his running game a little bit. Um so yeah, I mean it all depends on him having the kicking. His his base is obviously terrible, but the the goal kicking will kind of shore that up a little bit and they do have that fantastic draw of the first four or five weeks. So I've got him there yeah. at the moment. Um, but because I've got him there, I've had to not pick um, Billy Walters at 290k. Hmm. You know, like they're the sorts of decisions you got to make. Um, That's right. There's actually too many options. But anyway, I mean, I guess I guess the thing is with all those cheap guys, if you miss one or two of them, the chances are that at least one or two of these guys aren't going to come off, Right. Correct. between your Tower moans and jackson hastings and your lucky Lizers and all the rest of them a few of them won't come off so you you know you can always like trade between them just to the one that hits big if you don't have to happen to have him or maybe the one that you you know pick just doesn't go that well anyway so it doesn't matter but i don't think you necessarily have to have every single one um because as i said they're not going to hit so if you have to make a trade
0: yeah agreed and and generally with the cheapies it's you know a lot of it. it's more about the money than the points in some ways early on you've got the extra boost um you know if you really stuff it up you know you can make those changes early um it's you know th- there's generally maybe one a year that that is cheap and hammers out you know large scores which you can correct after week one so it's not the end of the world yeah um yeah. and there but there is a lot of choice this 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 year i think looking at some of the you know other teams as well like I think there's a lot of potential for the Newcastle back line um, they're all underpriced but their draw is so bad to begin with that it's hard to get them a look in um, well that, that's it. Also... So Adam Klune is
1: is running around as well yeah. and like I don't think many people have even considered him but he was on fire the other night in the trial throwing yeah, that's minute, right. 20 minute cutouts out to Dom young
0: and they've got you know a couple of you know you know centers um, the center wings that are around that 300,000. Which if they get a couple of tries, you know, they'll be they will obviously rise in value. I think someone will probably come out from the dragons as well, depending on who, who gets those, um, the wing spot. They're not they may improve, but there's a bit of value in some of these sides. Um, and then obviously the one I'm really looking for twos is, is one is who's gonna get cement down that right wing spot at the roosters, I assume it'll be Swali potentially. Um, and then the other one is who are the center's gonna be for Penrith.
1: Yeah, and then wing so Dom Young's probably the only one I would consider at Newcastle because he's got that money left wing spot outside Ponger and Clune, yeah. Uh, and he's pretty cheap, three twenty k or something. But with that draw, it's kind of hard. Exactly. Hard yeah. To, very hard, difficult. Hard to pick him when there's so many other options. Um, the other guy that you haven't mentioned yet is Sean Russell. Yes. So so he's got that money left wing spot at, at the Eels. You know the one like that's the Sebo spot where Gutho loves to double cut out on that side to the left winger. He's yep. 285k, and because there's so many other options, popular options around, you mentioned like Suwali and Taylor Mail and all that, he could, you know, he could go under the radar a little bit. So... Kara
0: generally start strong as well. Yeah, they've they got a great tend- early draw. They tend, to come out fi- they, can- they tend to come out firing the first half of the year, even early, and he wouldn't have to do too much to make you a lot of money and then kind of get ahead. Um, Sebo's obviously out for a little while there was the injury on the weekend oh, um, there's kind of sh- yeah. Sh- yeah I know that was that was really hard to watch um, hope so he, hope he
1: comes back and can you know like, that's right I mean, yeah because that's a pretty brutal injury although apparently it's the same injury that that Jacob Little had and you know he's playing, oh, okay. he's playing first grade again but um, that's right you know he's not a winger that relies on speed so
0: yeah so that opens up the door for him um so, so, yeah, that's definitely... Can I ask you something? Yeah. So we
1: talked last year a little bit about the fact that centers in the game uh, had sort of been, well, almost priced out of Supercoach in the sense that, like, priced out's probably not the right word, but they're not getting... In, in the old days, the centers would get tri because whoever threw yeah. the last pass would just get the, the tri-assist. That doesn't happen anymore. They, it tends to go to the half or the fullback. But also the, the sweep plays that... Um, the fullbacks run, they often just cut out the the center anyway, and the wing gets the tries. Now, looking at that, and and actually, if you look at all the top-scoring center wings last year, basically, all of them were left-wingers in, like, top sides. So we had... uh, We had Josh Adekar, we had Alex Johnston, we had Ruben Garrick, Brian Dotto. Pretty much all left-wingers, right? Yeah, that's right. Um... So you mentioned that you've got Coates. Yep. Um, so he fits that bill, right? Left winger on a top four side. His issue is that his base is awful. Yep. Um, now, you know, Adokar scored very well last year. I guess the issue I've got with Coates is that half that team is out round one against the Tigers. Yeah. Uh, we, so, so right now, Pappenhausen's in doubt. So they're saying, we're not sure whether they're just playing silly buggers or not, but they're saying Pat Townsend's in a bit of doubt for round one. Hmm. Um, And then they won't have Munster, so, you know, who's going to feed him in round one? I'm not sure. I mean, they'll probably unearth some kid who's the best player in the world, knowing this one. (laughs) um, Then they've got two pretty tough games. So, like, I don't know, with Coates, yeah, there's just a few question marks there. If you could pick up a, a Sean Russell at 70k cheaper, who's potentially... It's hard to know what his, what his sort of work rate is because we've only really seen one game of first grade in him, but it's probably better than Coates is going to be. I think I saw 24 yeah.
0: base in the one game that he played. Yeah, that's valid. I think, you, you know... Look, he'll probably get bombed a lot. I, I think, like, round one against Nofaluma, you know, generally the right edge is pretty weak for the Tigers. Super it wouldn't take... Yeah, it wouldn't take much for him to... And then the Tigers are struggling with their centres. They've got obviously got... The new, the new English import on the on the left side, but on the right, I'm not sure well, who they're going to...
1: James with. Roberts been, has been named in the trial. Yeah, so, this week. And... So if it's Roberts and Noe together, well, that's a bit
0: diabolical. So, you know, maybe you get something there, but you're right, you know, with all these other options that have unearthed, sometimes it does take, you know, a little bit of analysis of that to think, you know, better draw, a favoured side for para. Sean Russell does start looking pretty good.
1: The only issue for him, I guess, is like if he has a shocker, you know, does he last one week and then get and then get dropped? Whereas, like, well, someone like Coates is not going to
0: get dropped. Because so Bailey Simonson, he was left at the Raiders, right, wasn't he? Was he left winger there? I don't
1: know, but it looked like Simonson was playing on the right in the trial. Oh, right, yeah. And, and Dunster so, was playing on the left. And then when Dunster went off, Russell came and replaced him. So, I'm going to assume that Russell's going to play on the left.
0: Yeah, we'll see in the trial cause... on
1: the weekend, but
0: when Seaver comes back, he'd be naturally probably be the left anyway. Yeah. So that probably all makes sense. It's just, you know, there are, yeah, yeah, that's right. I think, yeah, the, the other thing is, yeah, I guess there's, there's Penrith centers as well. Um, if, if there's any value there, we'll see. Um,
1: well, if, Ta- if Taylor May gets picked, I mean, he's a no-brainer. So from what I've, the very little that we've seen of him, um, he looks like one of, like a big stocky guy with a big, big yeah. work rate. And again, he's a winger and a, Kind of top four side yes it's the right wing which wasn't as good last year but uh i don't think he's going to be another charlie Staines. i'm gonna i think he's gonna have a lot, a lot higher work rate if he, if he gets that spot and targo looks like a bit of a star and his jewel he's kind of a no-brainer as well so again as, as right. we said there's a lot of options a lot of people are predicting that Staines does get that spot and not may i still think may's in for a great great chance i guess we'll find out
0: the trial team. maybe they, it walks into a really strong side, obviously, mm-hmm. winning culture, you know, very highly attacking. I do agree with what you and Polly were talking about in the last episode around, I think there'll be less points scored, just famous last words, obviously, there'll be less points scored this year. I think the way that, the you know, that things were starting to be policed towards the finals, just some of the rhetoric that's been coming out in the media, um, even a little bit in the trials, although there weren't as many six-again's, um, you know, being pinged, so... So I was I, think- I was doing some counting during the trials, and
1: every time the penalty was blown, it was like somewhere between twenty five and thirty seconds time off before they yeah. started playing again. So it's not just like penalty blown, quick off down the field, and then you go in again. It actually takes quite a lot of time.
0: Yeah. Um And so
1: you're adding sort of I don't know six six or seven penalties where there weren't penalties before, and that's like three minutes of breathers for you big blokes over the course of yeah. the match. Like, it's going to make a big difference. I'm, I'm convinced it's going to make a big difference. The game already
0: looks significantly slower. Um, and, and I think that impacts the halves significantly. Um, halves and fullbacks. And the fullbacks, definitely. So it does make a bit nervous around, you know, Turbo, for example, given that he, what he's averaged at. But I think he's just on another level. But I think, yeah, for the halves particularly you know, the, the clearies and, and some of the other players, um, you know, if if the game quite you know shuts down a little bit, they're gonna see massive you know, massive drops and probably a bit of value, you know, you know, after, you know, five, six weeks. All right, so since you brought it up, we just kinda of naturally went there anyway. Let's
1: talk about that in a little <laughs> bit more detail. So maybe let's start with Turbo. Now, if Pappenhausen is out round one, I think everyone's basically just gonna have to find a way to fit Turbo and Turbo and Teddy probably in. I mean, there's a bit of talk about Xavier Savage. He looked very yeah. good in the in the Canberra trial on the weekend. I actually think he looked first grade ready. But, like, do you think you can run a Turbo and Savage com- combination if he gets named?
0: Well, it's interesting, you know, watching that trial on the weekend, the first thing I did was see where he was available, just to double check whether he was, you know, a dual. Um, so when he was, you know, fullback only, pretty disappointing. I... I think you'd be giving up too many points um, elsewhere. So, whatever the two, you know, two fullback combination you're running, unless you're going to make it up significantly with the the funds elsewhere, I think it's a big risk.
1: Yeah, I I don't like it either. So I, I think you you really want to pick two out of those three. If Pappenhausen is out round one, I don't think you can carry him really, just given the scoring potential. So yeah, you kind of almost locked into a t- t- Teddy and turbo combination i mean the other thing so so this is why my my team's in disarray at the moment i've got a lot of thoughts going through my mind so one of the big pluses for for teddy this season that everyone's been saying is that kiri's back right kiri you know provides the spark and a bit of direction and makes the, the whole attack of the roosters look kind of cohesive now they're saying kiri's in doubt for round one yeah does that hurt Teddy? And Teddy's also coming off, like, stem cell treatment in his knee over the over the offseason. He's not going to yeah. trial. We don't know how fit he is.
0: I've been thinking about this probably probably more than a lot of the other, um, you know, decisions that, that are coming up, just because of the way that, you know, the teams are announced for round one. But I'm, I'm feeling, I guess, I'm feeling less comfortable with, with Teddy than I am with Turbo.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: And it, and for all those reasons, the issue is is you know Pappy was obviously you know he's a really good shout. The only, I mean, going for Pong, there's I guess Ponga and Gutherson, for example. Ponga, we talked about the start. I think it's hard to hard to go there. No, without the um, goal kicking and the bad draw, I don't think you can even really consider it. And then. Latrell's obviously week two. We're talking about we we're earlier, then yeah, Guth. I mean, as we say, Paris start early. Paramat is always a bit of a blind spot for me, um, personally. But you know, I think the problem with Gutherson have...
1: is that he's not cheap enough. Like, no, that's right. Like, if you're going to run someone that isn't called Tedesco, like you want a significant, you know, you want a discount. Yeah, significant discount so you can use that cash elsewhere, and he's not cheap enough. So yeah. it just doesn't seem to make sense. They do have a good draw early, but I, he's not in the same kind of realm. And Luttrell playing round two kind of brings him back a little bit, but but from round two to four or something, they've got a diabolical draw. They play like the top four all in a row. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you'd, you're even with the goal, picking up the goal kicking because um, Adam Reynolds has gone. I don't think you're really going there. So I, I, I really think it is the three or, or maybe Xavier Savage if you really want to have a punt. But where I got to with this myself is, if Pappenhausen is playing round one
0: mm-hmm.
1: and Kiri isn't, I'm almost definitely going to pick Turbo and Pappenhausen. Yep. If if Kiri is playing round one, I think, I'll, and, and Pappenhausen is playing, I'll probably pick Pappenhausen and, and, and Teddy. Right. If Kiri isn't playing round one and Tur- Pappenhausen is out, Then things become really tricky. That might be the world where I think about picking Savage. Right. Um, Yeah. Because, like, I mean, Kiri might only be out for a game or two, but it's that first game against the Knights that's the best in that early draw. Best out of the run. And then they've got a couple of hard ones, and then then it gets really good. So, I mean, it's only a small thing, a couple of games, but I think it makes a little bit of a difference.
0: Definitely. I think the risk with, with with Savage is always that, you know, Nickel Clock starts there. Yeah, what if he has a bad game, drops a couple of balls? And he's he's not big. Um, he looked good, but you know, the rooster side they pulled out was no nowhere near what their round was. Oh side yeah. It was a like. it was a you know it was a park football side basically, like it was like and, a third grade side. And generally, you know, speed uh, it really excels in those in the trials, those kind of trial games where you got like lazy, lazy ruck up the middle and on all that. Yeah. So he did look um, a bit
1: gassed too at times, but yeah, but you know it's early in the season that that it come if he plays. I mean he's he's very fast. I mean actually, Nickel Cookstar looked fantastic. You know you yeah. know he's looking good when his thighs are like enormous, he's got <laughs> huge fucking thighs. Um and and the last couple of years like they haven't looked as big as when he first come kind of hit the scene. But on the weekend yeah. they were looking massive. If he was named, yeah, he, if like if he was to jewel, I reckon I'd be all over
0: him. Uh, I agree. He was awesome a couple of years ago. Um. um
1: so okay, so so so, yeah. so did you you agree with kind of where I got to on the fullbacks?
0: Yeah, I do, and I think I think you're right in in many ways that you know Peppy's in doubt. It does uh, lead people to probably you know to, to to potentially turbo, which does take you know. Well, it would thin out some of the squads. Um, but I think, but it would take would take away that you know the potential for the pod early and some of those big big decisions to be made. Yeah. Um,
1: I think with all the the cheap, as we said, all the cheapies that seem like they're going to be named in the halves, and all the cheapies that seem like they're going to be named in the centre wing, and even those like plethora of three fifty k kind of second row guys that are seem like pretty good options that we talked about. I think I think people can fit turbo in now. I don't think it looks yeah. as bad as it was. I mean, you you do have to go without guns elsewhere, but yeah i don't think it's going to be that hard to fit him in so that kind of makes things interesting i mean it, it does mean it'll be interesting to see how that plays out like how many of those cheap guys stink i think the centers like as we talked about all those guys i think they'll all score well it's not like yeah. last year where people were picking like david pusatua and you know james roberts by the way don't pick all the guild art, whatever you do but um you know, it's not like people are picking those guys just to fill spots. Like these guys, like the, most of those guys we talked about in the, particularly in the centre wing, are like from top four teams. Yeah, like they're all going to score that's well. Right. The, the, the the halves is less clear. Like that's where things could go a bit pear shaped. Like the likes of Hastings, Simone, Billy Walters, even Ilias, will yeah. they score well? It's hard to know. So theoretically, if you go back to, you know, if if you have the Pavenhouse and Teddy combo at the back. And you use that money to like, to spend in the halves. Maybe you get a jump on people there because those halves will suck. But That's but if they right. go well and they make lots of money, then
0: I feel a little bit less concerned about missing. So I guess you know you have you. So just to put it in perspective, I guess we got your analysis like we've just had. I think that if the if if on my in my head if the points are going to be less across the board, um, then I'm willing to shave some money in the halves now ordinarily you'd be concerned that you know how do i undo that mess if i completely miss and with just with the extra trades that are available um you know if you want to use one of those boosts you can probably unwind one you know one of the fullbacks if they're not firing or, or one of their positions elsewhere and probably patch that up quite quickly um or at least make money elsewhere quite quickly if you really miss the mark early so I think the halves are going to be you know, ones to possibly look for to people who drop, or at least you get a feel for how sides are actually going. Um, Hastings is an interesting one. I'll be really interested to see how he goes on the weekend. Um, I want to see if he goal-kicks. Yeah. I'm
1: actually not interested in the slightest if he's not goal-kicking. But if he's goal-kicking, yeah. I
0: think that's enough for me to pick him. Yeah. Yeah, he's two tries, will score again. But no, I agree. Oh, look, I think I actually spoke to one of the board members um, at the end of last year. Yeah. Um and he was really excited about Hastings. Um I think he'll be alright. I mean I
1: I'm not basing that on anything, but like he's he's actually a big boy. He's obviously been playing very well in England. I mean it doesn't necessarily translate, but yeah, you know, we've seen when he was like twenty, he looked like a decent enough NRL player when he was playing for the Rangers, and he, he must have
0: yeah. Well his issue was always his attitude, right? But he's I a massive kickhead. He and yeah, and and I think that he's well. It seems that he's may have matured. We'll see. Um, hopefully he clicks with Brooksy or at least with Dewey when he comes back. But it'll be, I'm just interested to see you know, how he's developed um, because he's at a really reasonable price. And you're right, I guess if he's goal-kicking, then he does become an option uh, in, in the halves. So
1: let's talk about Cleary for a second. Yep. So you, you're you not running Cleary at the moment. No. Um, I haven't I haven't had Cleary in any of my teams. I mean, this all could be a moot point if, if he's not named round one. But if yep. he is, how do you feel about not owning him?
0: I obviously feel like you're leaving points on the table. Um, but I just think at his at the price and, and what I was saying before, like I do feel that points are going to be less uh, across the board. I feel like I can probably get him at a later time for cheaper than he is now. I feel, I guess, more comfortable that he will drop um, maybe more significantly or score less than, say, Turbo. So, I know there's a d- difference in the price, but that's that's where I've kind of kind of landed.
1: Yeah, I've, I've been ploughing on this a lot. I mean, I haven't had him in my team at any point, really, but I've been thinking a lot about it, and I guess one part of me thinks, all right, this guy is coming off... Like, if you saw the Panthers at the beginning of last season, I remember I saw them play the the eels in a trial. Mm-hmm. And it was the slickest trial performance I've ever seen. That trial was like a, you know, it, it was almost played like a finals match. Yep. They were just, you know, shifting it from one side to the other, not dropping the ball. The game was so fast because of the rules. Um, and they were so hungry and just, as I said, slick. And I was like, holy shit, this team's going to win the premiership. Like they... They just look so good. And so I basically, like, picked half their team. Um,
0: now <laughs> That's right. Yeah, last year, definitely. Yeah, I
1: had, like, literally I had, like, six Panthers in the team. And it went really well. And, and you actually talked about Lua. I want to come back to Lua. But um, yep. I just – so so first thing is I'm not convinced that the Hunger is going to be there like it was last year. So I I, I do see a bit of just a, the Panthers overall kind of – like, you know, I think they'll still be a top-four team, but I don't think they're going to be as good as they were. It's really hard to back it up after you win a premiership. they you could just see the kind of fire in their eyes after like they lost the grand final the year before.
0: Yeah, it makes so that's sense, one yeah.
1: thing. The other thing is um, they've got some new players in that team. So, yeah. you know, they've lost Burton, um, they've lost Momorowski, so the, the back line's going to be a bit different. Um, so there's that. I think that does hurt them a little bit. It's not They're not huge losses, but it hurts them a little bit. They've lost Capewell as well. Then you've got Cleary himself. He's coming. He's coming obviously off that shoulder injury. He hasn't done a lot of contact training. My assumption is that he wouldn't have done a lot of, like, upper body weights with that shoulder injury. Now, a very underrated part of Cleary's game is how strong he is. Like, for a halfback, he's super strong. He breaks through tackles, and that's when he gets offloads away. That's, you know, he scores tries just, like, by breaking through tied defense at the end of games. Is he going to do that as much without that kind of, as much upper body strength? Like, these are the sort of questions I'm asking. And even if it's a sort of small drop-off, he averaged he averaged 108 last year. Mm. You know they've got a, they've got two out of their first four games are pretty tough. Um, so you know I, I definitely think there's a chance, or a, a pretty strong chance that maybe he, he starts the season averaging sort of 70 or 80, and in that yeah. case he does drop a fair bit of cash in his first few weeks. Um, so that's that side of it. The other the kind of flip side of all of that is, uh, do you use um NRL stats NRL Supercoach stats the, the website? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Shout out to those guys because it's so good. Yeah, but there's amazing. a chart on like the you know, the player kind of profile page. Yep. There's a chart down the bottom that has all the like scoring categories and how many points they score in each category.
0: Yep.
1: If you look at the chart for Nathan Cleary, he scores points in almost every category. Yeah. Right? Like like he gets offloads, he gets try assists, he scores tries, he kicks goals, he gets forced dropouts. Yep. Like just he fills the stat sheet. And and there's no well, there's one stat that looks pretty overblown, but there's no. It's not like when you look at Turbo stats and he's got like three line break assists a game and two tries a game and whatever it was, yeah. one and a half tries a game, like ridiculous stats that just don't look achievable. His stats actually look somewhat achievable. The one that the one that's a bit crazy is that he's he scored something like 23 points a game in goal kicks last year, yeah, which yeah, is yeah. surely unsustainable. But you know, even if that comes back to sort of 16, 18, it's not a it's not a huge drop off there. But in, in all the other stats, they were just all slightly up in every category yeah. over years gone by, and that collectively got him that sort of twenty point kick. Um, so I guess the, that side of it says to me, well, maybe not. Maybe it isn't unsustainable. Like, you know, it's not like he had, as I say, you can, it's not like he scored twenty tries, like, or,
0: or had forty try assists. It's and he's get, you know, and he's still young. And he, so he's, you know, if anything, he's he's on the improve as a player. He'll be smarter, um, you know, coming off a couple of career years, obviously, I'm sure he's still, you know, he's clearly, t- you know, clearly pretty much the best half, um, you know, that's been running around in terms of the young fellas in particular. So there's no reason why he couldn't do it. I think to your other points, um, I, I agree though around the, the, the team, having some personnel change, changes in key positions, even car leaving the year after. Um, that didn't really impact Burton, I guess, last year, but there's a little bit less, you know, there. So it really comes down to whether he's just a gun who all outside noise doesn't matter and he will just carry the team no matter what. Um, so, but, you know. the I guess the other thing
1: is if you're going to run two gun fullbacks, you can't vice-captain one of them and captain the other. Yeah, and I mean maybe you vice captain someone like Deb feta but if you look at the first few games, like again maybe maybe Deb feta but the, the, probably the standout captaincy choice in round two is is Cleary. Yeah, because he plays the Dragons in round two, whereas like all the fullbacks have pretty hard matches, like Manly are playing the Roosters so they're playing each other, and the the Storm are playing someone difficult. Can't remember who. Maybe South. Um. And so, what, either he's a captaincy option in, in some of those games early on, or he's a great vice-captaincy option, which you can't do yeah. with the fullbacks. So, yeah. that is really in his favour. Like, it's, a, it's very handy to be able to, to
0: put the VC on him. Well, particularly more so now. I mean, it's interesting. With all the, you know, potentially same squads or, you know, near same squads with, you know, obviously more cheapies there are, more more sides have similar players with the potential, with the fullbacks, as you've said, um... Then it changes the dynamics of of all the squads. So then, you know, that's look almost leading you towards, you know, considering Cleary a lot closer than you otherwise might have. Yeah, what do
1: you what do you make of this argument that he's like, he's the best in his position by I don't know thirty points, and therefore you have to pick him.
0: I think it's a challenge, right? Because ordinarily, I would think. I would think that I I would have probably agree with that. And I think that's what I would have looked at last year around, you know, there's a big gap from, from, you know, top three to the next. Um, But because of the way the scores were so inflated last year in many ways, and the prices this year, I, I don't think it's um, a sound of an argument.
1: Yeah. I, I just don't really kind of get it to be honest. Like I, I get sort of, I, don't know, I I suppose this idea that you, you're kind of saving a trade because it's best in his position and all that sort of stuff. But I really kind of – I treat my team as a squad. Like, the positions don't necessarily mean a lot, apart from the fact that you can only pick certain guys in certain positions. So, obviously, like, you know, Payne Haas, for example, like, he looks great because you can pick him at prop, but you might not pick yeah. him if he was, like, second row only just because there's yeah, better right. options than second row. But – so I get that part of it. But the fact that he's the best in his position – you know, if there's value elsewhere, like the fact that he's thirty points better than DCE doesn't really come into my thinking. If I think there's like a three hundred K guy or four hundred K guy that's great value, and and I think the clear is overpriced.
0: When, look, I think at the beginning as well, yeah, with with you know how you make up your seventeen as well, um, you could be leaving you know that thirty point difference or more, uh, or, you know, away because you've overspent in one area. Yeah, that's right.
1: That's why I guess that's that's how I see it. Like I, I look at my whole team and think about where I'm getting the points across the team and, you know, one guy being the best in his position isn't necessarily relevant. But another question for you with Cleary, how, like when do you think you'll be trying to get him in if you don't start with him and how do you think you're going to do that?
0: Yeah. I think a lot of it will come down to where, you know, where I've made money in other positions Um also depending on what type of, you know, how significant one of the, you know, one of his score, you know, if he has a, um, a lower score. Um, the other issues, obviously, then, is you start going into rep season. Um, there's always concerns around that, um, you know, if they're rested or how, they, how they're going as a side. I'd like to think that um, I have a mid-ranger somewhere who's just, you know, shot the lights out early on and made made enough money that I can just downgrade and, and bring him in um, and that would probably be looking around round 6, round 7
1: um, Yeah, so that I think that's right, I mean I think if you're looking to, I mean you probably have to downgrade two mid-rangers maybe, depending on who you, who you pick there in the first place, like and depending on how much Cleary comes off, like let's say Cleary gets down to, I don't know somewhere between 750 and 800 mm-hmm. even if your mid-ranger goes to I suppose if your mid ranger goes to about five hundred, that gives you maybe three hundred if you trade them down to someone that's base more or less base price, and then maybe you, whoever you got there has gone up. You know, you, you stand in half back. Let's say Toby Sexton goes up a bit, and you can make the trade that way. But a lot has to go right for that to happen. Yeah, um right. And then if you're waiting till round say seven because you want those price rises, you're missing a couple of games against. So the Bulldogs and the Broncos.
0: Mm. I don't know. I'm 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 wondering. Like, it sounds like you are starting to, you know, talk yourself into a potential Cleary. Um, which well, no, is... I'm not. I'm not. I don't think
1: I'm going to start with him. But I think what what I'm thinking about doing in in realistic mode is like one of the gun second rollers, Let's say quite of feeder. Yep. Like. I might have to get rid of one of them in order to get him in,
0: hmm.
1: like, which seems, I don't know, sideways or something. But well, I actually think it's an upgrade, not, and not, yeah, and you can do it with with guys like Teletower and Moan maybe in your halves and the the other duels. You could actually do that in one trade.
0: Yeah, and but also not necessarily right in some ways. It depends how many people own Cleary. I think, you know, it'd be interesting how how many people actually own. You know some of you know these really expensive plays up front because if Clearys is not uh, you know has a has a lowish percentage because people are stacking the fullbacks with the extra trades as well that are available, you might be able to you know play these you know make some of these trades for for shorter term punts that you otherwise wouldn't to exploit good matchups or good little good fixture runs that you know ordinarily you wouldn't do. Right? Yeah. Because. You do have a bit more flexibility around there, and if you're going to if you're going to trade in someone that you're going to captain, and that you know potentially maybe a pod, or has a, a matchup, or you know other you know other people going to be you know on the, on the fullback ch- train, um, you know you, you could be, the point potential there could be significant. So think about this: David Fafita starts with the Eels,
1: the Warriors, the Raiders, and the Tigers first four rounds. Yeah. And then from round five onwards, he's got the Eels again, the Seagulls, good game against the Cowboys, then the Panthers and the roosters. Mm. So he's got a five-game stretch after those first four rounds that are all pretty hard apart from, yep. apart from the Cowboys game. And last year, typically against the good teams, he was kept pretty quiet. Yep. Whereas Cleary, for example, he plays two hard teams over the first four weeks. So starts with Manly. Easy game against the Dragons, pretty easy game against the Knights, Then a tough game against the, the Rabbitohs, potentially, although he's got like 200 against the Rabbitohs last year. But then, as I said, in, in round five, he comes up against the Bulldogs, and he's got the Broncos and the Raiders and the Titans. Yeah. So that four-game stretch that he's got that's pretty good lines up pretty, pretty well with Fafita's difficult four-game stretch. Yeah. So I can see myself doing something like that if I – if, you know, the – the story that you told about the mid ranger kind of hitting the lights out and making a lot of money doesn't doesn't come to fruition. The question then becomes, like, if you don't start with Turbo, how do you get Turbo in? Because yeah. like, let's let's what about a scenario like this? You start with Pappenhausen and, turbo, and Teddy, right? Yep. And Pappenhausen goes great guns and he's averaging hundred and he's making money. And Teddy's not going so well. Right, for some reason, just not scoring well, a bit unfit, and he's only averaging seventy. And at the same time, Turbo's come off a bit that looks fantastic, and he's averaging a hundred, and he's yep. um about to hit that good draw from whatever it is about round five onwards. And you're thinking, I've got to get Turbo in. But your option basically is, you know, maybe a two hundred k gap between Pappy and Teddy and Turbo, yeah, which is maybe doable, or $400,000 gap between Turbo and Teddy because Teddy's lost some money. Yeah. And that's not really doable, right? Like, like what no, do you do in right. that scenario? Like, you don't really want to... I don't think you really want to get rid of Pappy in that scenario. You probably can't reach Turbo. There's no forward that you can do for it because, number one, you don't have the jewels. Number two, it's too, too much money.
0: Yeah. It is harder. It's way harder, right? It is way harder. And I think then, you know... You know, I guess in the first, yeah you get rid of Fafita possibly in the scenario we're talking about there. Um, You'd have to downgrade like, Fafita to like enough. Yeah, but then you know otherwise you're giving up potentially even if someone you know in, uh, one of the fullbacks is still a gun. Um, and quite often you can I mean you traded a number of fullbacks last year right like it, you play you start playing these these fullback roulettes, um, and if you don't hit them you're you basically are leaving last week's points on the pine. You're leaving potential other points on the pine. and You've really got to get lucky, you know, timing all those different runs. Um, and you burn a lot of trades that way.
1: You do burn a lot of trades that way. Anyway, <laughs> I think you can probably hear my voice. The amount, like, I'm not sure about any of this. I still might end up getting getting clear. So what about hard, like mid-range halves? I talked a little bit about Cody Nicarima. You, you like Sexton. What is it you like about
0: yeah. Sexton? He just scored a lot of points last year and he's cheap, to be honest. I, I think the Titans will throw it around a bit. Um, they look pretty good, you know, towards the end of last year. They were really unlucky to lose that game against the Roosters. Um, so I'm happy to, and then like I said before, my, my, my thought process is, is that, you know, if, if the points are going to be a little bit less, um, I'm happy to gamble more on, you know, mid-price halves, um, that are still good players, as opposed to rolling on, you know, possibly, you know, in other positions. So I've had, got that now. Um, Luai, I'm a little bit silly on, but I think if penra start well, he started really well last year, um, you know, he could be an option. But he's not, I wouldn't say he's mid-price. Mid he's about 520. Yeah,
1: um, well, he's, he's in that
0: range. Um, yeah. So some people
1: have been saying that Luai um like when once Burton came to the left-hand side that Luai's scores kind of went down the toilet Mm. um so I owned Luai at the beginning and I think that's a bit of a red herring to be honest like they were talking about like Luai and Cleary and Luai without Cleary and all this sort of stuff And, and and as I said Luai with and without Burton from watching him pretty closely last year when I had him first thing is, at the beginning of the season, they were just going left almost exclusively. I don't know why, but they were just going left a lot. And Luai was getting yep. all the ball, and he was passing it to Kikau and, and To'o, and they were scoring all the tries. Later in the season, it got a lot more even between the right and the left. I don't know why, but it just did. And and that's probably where I expected to kind of start this year. But who knows? The second thing is, for some reason, Luai just stopped running the ball. Mm. If you had him in your team last year, you'd know that he just... He just wasn't running the ball like I don't know have the stats on it, but I remember watching him just getting very frustrated because he's actually got that really good step, and when he runs the ball, he's dangerous. And he was he was scoring a lot of points early on in the season by running it. Um, and yeah. so if I don't, I don't know, I, I don't think I could own him for that reason. Like it was, yeah, those points just dried up at the back end of last year because he wasn't running the ball. And unless I see him running it again, I'm, I'm not really interested.
0: Yeah, I think a, a critical error of me last year was. Um, you know, I did bring in Luai after that run or just around the end of that run. And I had an opportunity to bring in Dewey, probably Dewey around that time. Um, and obviously Dewey went one way and Luai went the other. Um, so I just, I'm trying not to, you know, so I generally can be a bit emotional and just will not go back to players who me. me. Um, but I think just with the price, just the price and if I expect Penrith to do well, I kind, you kind of do want some Penrith assets early. Um yeah and and I just think it might be worth might be worth it. you know he, he could have a pretty high ceiling, but unfortunately, you know he does have um you know he does have a pretty low floor. A, I, and I agree. I watched low. it last year he does sometimes he just stands out on the left and kind of just points, you know yeah. he doesn't or he, just shovel. Kind of yeah, he kind of just he can get stuck in a little bit of a momentum um, of just you know yeah pointing and, and doing that shovel pass as you said. Um, but I think that might be one of my little punts, obviously besides the McCulloch. Um, that's pretty pretty concrete I think. But um,
1: that's yeah, that, something. That
0: McCulloch know. just that's like the worst. Like that is the worst yeah. shout. <laughs> anyway, it's fine.
1: I'm, you watch. I'll leave, leave it there. Um what about Dylan Brown? Any love with Dylan Brown?
0: Para are a bit of a blind spot for me. Um but yeah, with the with this the start of the start of their um, you know, the fixture run at the beginning. Yeah, the way he was playing towards the end last year, he's you know, again he's he's coming into what his third or fourth year. He was starting to run it a lot more last year. He's got a you know got a bit of cocky attitude about him. Like there's no reason why he couldn't he couldn't explode.
1: He averaged like ten points higher the season before in 2020, and then it all Mm. all the attacking stats just dried up last year. But he still averaged 53. Mm. Um, he's got a very high base. His base is like the highest of all the of all the halves at 37. Um. But yeah, absolutely. Fuck all attacking stats last year. Now, yeah. it, I guess it depends. Like a lot of people say, well, he's just not going to get them because he just doesn't get involved in their attack. It's all Moses and Guther, Um, which is sort of fair enough. But he doesn't have to do that much, and he does have that good early draw. The, the the only issue for with me with him is well, number one, does he actually pull his finger out and and kind of do something yeah. this year? Big question mark. But anyway. But number two, they've got Melbourne in that third game, which is just, like, mm. it's right in the middle of that patch. So if you yep. want him to go on, a, like, a money-making spree and, you know, hopefully get you 100K or 150K up towards a, a Cleary, right in the middle of where he's supposed to be making money, he's got the, the fucking Storm, which yeah. can kill his money-making. So that turns me up That's why I like Nicarima, because Nicarima has basically five good games back-to-back. Now, again, Nicarima... Even if he starts the, like kicking goals for the first couple of games, I think once Walsh comes back, he'll lose it. Yeah. Um. So that's kind of the drawback for him. But
0: I actually like the Nicarra shout a lot. Um, the Warriors, I think they're on. They have lost two of us, check, but he he was kind of you know passing the you know um, on his way a little bit last year with allowing Reese Walsh to play fullback. I just para capitulated last year. They've got a couple of players leaving. They could struggle. Yeah, maybe. I mean, they tend to start fast.
1: That's yeah. That's the thing. They they looked you know, pretty sharp did. in that first trial, but I mean, again, like they didn't have their starting halves. So it's hard to know. Um.
0: Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. Yeah, I like Nick Arima over Brown though. Yeah, I think. Fair enough. I think that's all sound.
1: Um. Yeah, and you talked about Sexton. I like I quite, I had Sexton in my team for a long time in the, in the off season. I quite like him, but I just don't know if he's got that big scoring. Yeah. Whereas I feel like Nicarima, if if they get going, could, and like yeah. they've got a pretty good forward. Like behind like Lodge, Lodge and, and um AfB and AfB looks very very fit. In my by the way. Um, yeah. They're two of the best props in the game at the moment. I, I used to hate Lodge, but he was a bit of an animal last year. Yeah, they got they could set a very good platform for guys like Nick
0: Well, Aiken and, you know, all those other players that kinda of went in there, they seem to want to play for the Jersey and they they got points in them, so Hmm.
1: And you've got you've got AFB on your side, don't you?
0: Yeah, I had him be in here last year, he, he copped he the injury. I just like sometimes I'll just pick players I just like watching play <laughs> um, as well. And he's got the offload, right? So and the offloads are so overpowered, um, that... I can still see him just throwing them a lot, even if the you know the speed of the game slows down a little bit. Some you know, it's kind of like a guide, right? Like it just will offload anyway. Yeah. Um, I, just, I like him a lot. So
1: much. He only yeah. scored one try last year as well, which seems like under for him. And with that early yeah. draw, maybe he pulls that line a couple of times. And he's five hundred. I think that's yeah reasonable. They play round um, thirteen. Yeah, it's probably a keeper. The, the, my only kind of slight hesitation with him is the fact that he's paired up with Lodge. And Lodge yeah. is just such a ball hog. <laughs> like, do you see what happened to Payne Haas' scores with him without Lodge last year? Oh, I didn't track those, no. As soon as Lodge... Like, Payne Haas was averaging like 55, and as soon as Lodge left, his average went to like 80. Hmm. Now, he got some attacking stats in that period, so it kind of inflates that difference, but Lodge is just such a ball hog. Like you know playing with him I think can be a bit of a super coach killer. It didn't seem to really affect him that much when they were playing together late last year so so maybe it's okay but I yeah that's that's my kind of hesitation with, with the FB. And the fact that no, you can play right. TPJ up there for like 60k more who's just uh, just got more upside like you know TP, TPJ could regularly break 100 if things go well
0: for him. No that's right. That's right. He had a hit a bit of a had a very good year last year. Let's go. Yeah, the Bulldogs are going to be an interesting one to watch, how they all click. I mean, I still think they're a little bit thin in the... Obviously, they're still struggling in the halves. Um,
1: I'll be watching them very closely this weekend because they didn't click at all in that Newcastle trial. But then yeah. again, they didn't have... Like, Burton wasn't playing, and Burton's going to be left side with TPJ. Yeah, I'll be interested to see how that looks. Because because TP, TPJ didn't fill me with confidence based on that trial. But as I said, no Burton, had to...
0: Has to really kind of gauge where they're at. So your thoughts now, I guess, you know, trying to assemble the squad, obviously there's, you know, probably a lot more options that we thought that there would be than, than you know, three, four weeks ago. Mm. Um, you'll just be looking to stack the 17 for the highest, obviously for the highest possible points, but less concerned about the bench. Would you, ha- you know, consider non-playing reserves again this year um, if it meant that, you know, you could get, um, you know, you can get more balance in your first 17?
1: Yeah, it's a great question because, you know, COVID and all the rest of it, we, we talked about this a little bit on the last pod. And um, my answer was the ideal is always having 25 starters, but, you know, it does, it can come at a cost. Like, for example, if your 25th guy is going to be someone that's 300K that doesn't make you 17, mm-hmm. And you can turn that into 175k non-playing guy. Um, you know that saves you 125k. Then you, that you can then throw into your 17. And and especially if that like you know that 280k guy or 300k guy isn't gonna do anything. Yeah. Like you know he's a he's a third or fourth prop rotation bench guy who's you know like a, like a Aaron Penny type player. Like if you have to play yeah, it's, him. It's- yeah, Spencer Linu, exactly. Expert, yeah. So like, that's when I start thinking, well, do I actually care about having his twenty five points and him not making any money? Like, is that actually going to build me any real depth anyway? Am I better off just nothing out that position and spending it in my seventeen? So, I the main lesson I learned from last year, I actually started with people have heard me talk about this too much probably, but I started with three NPRs <laughs> last year. The yep. main lesson I learned from that is you've got to get rid of them. So like if you want to build depth, it's not like I think you can start with two or three NPRs, but you've got to be willing to burn the trades on getting them out when a good cheapie does come along, and that can be hard because you're not you're not um, realizing cash value, yeah, because you're just cheaping you you, you're trading one cheapie to another cheapie. It's it feels like kind of a waste of trade because you're not freeing up freeing up any uh, made cash. So but I think you have to do it. So if I do start with say I don't think I'd start with three, but maybe two. I'd be quite comfortable starting with one, but, but I would consider two, but I'm just going to have to make sure I'm disciplined enough to trade
0: at least one of them out. And it is a trade-off with the cash generation, obviously, as you said. And I think last year I had a couple of to start, but I think it was Sam Walker and Suwali who I kind of just had a feel would, you know, there was so much hype about them, just got a feel that they'd probably get a run at some point. And I don't know whether there are some of those baseline players yet that are look like they're definitely going to come in. Um, yeah. like which yeah, makes There's a lot of people like, playing guys like
1: Pierre Kura or or um, is it Jack Howarth, the Storm, kind of thinking that they yeah, might get a right. run. I'm not convinced Even that like, Jack Howarth
0: will get a run. No, and, and obviously Pierre Kura, maybe. Winger, the other one you said um, because of the hype how fast he was but I mean is he going to usurp Saab or Garrick? So there's yeah, I, don't, yeah, I just know? don't know. Um, and then you, could, you don't want to just waste a spot as well, so that's, that is a challenge. Maybe that Maverick Gaia, but I, I mean, I can't see. I've actually got man. him in some of my team makeups, yeah. Maverick Gaia. Yeah, well, because I think, you know you need a cheapy, right? He could be that one if he does crack a bench spot. Because um, well, at worst,
1: you'd think he's a good shout at getting a run in round thirteen. <laughs> it's a long way yeah. away, but. Um, because they're probably going to have Yo playing playing Origin and maybe even Liam Martin playing Origin. So that kind of opens yep. up two back row spots. Um, so maybe he's a chance of, of worse playing in Round 13. But he did look very good. And he's, he's like not a baby. He's 21. So, you know, he he's might be next man boy. in if they've got a back row injury. Although they've got guys like, I don't know, Sorensen, Hopgood and Chris Smith. But none of them kind of... I don't know none of them sound like that
0: good back row options they're more kind of lock options so maybe he's next man up in the second row. yeah and the storm were after him yeah um, that's true at the beginning of last year so you know they generally don't miss no they don't on, on you know when they when they scout looking to scout someone so um you know he could be one that kind of gets in there at some point um you know if you're going to go over npr maybe you know to, to balance the funds he could be someone that gets in and you save yourself that trade but do forego you know making some of that cash yeah all right, I'm gonna throw
1: some names at you now, and some of yep. these are names that we haven't talked about yet, and that I'm seeing in a lot of teams. I just want to get your read on some of these guys. Jai 100%. Arrow,
0: no, hate it. Thank God. I hate it. What do people see I, in that Jai Arrow? I think they see, you know, what 20 2017 2018 time Jai Arrow. He's um, not that player anymore. He's
1: a plotter no. now. He like I. I it's such he's a bad, a such he, a bad he, decision.
0: He used to offload at will. I mean, to be fair, Bennett's not coaching them this year, but I just think they play more of a structured system.
1: Um, so he's going to and... play on the edge, and I think people will think he's going to play 80 minutes. But he isn't going to, right? Like, they're going to have, no. I think, host on the edge. I in sorry, host on the bench. And um, and call will get will get 80. He might get a little a little run in the middle when Murray's off, but I don't think he gets eighty, and I don't think he scores any tries because he's not fast enough to score tries. No. So if anything, and, his work rate is just going to decrease, and his minutes aren't going to
0: be that good anyway. He's, bang, he's banged up a bit as well, right? And I just oh. think that, like, look, that's definitely someone who you're going off. You know, someone a couple of years ago. You know, going off. Yeah, now. he's got a bit of um, a height, like a halo around him from. I, I, from I watched him years. really closely at the beginning of last year when he went to South. Um, because I think he was kind of, re- he's still quite expensive, um, but I mean, it was pretty evident early that he was not going to be a super coach gun. Again. So you know, he played it, six
1: games on the edge towards the back end of last year, and there was no attacking stats. Yeah, and I just, I guess one argument is if he makes, if he does get a couple of attacking stats, then you know he does have pretty good work rate, so then he should score quite well. But I just don't think they're going to come. And the other thing that I think is going to happen is that the coach is going to realize that he's not quick enough to play on the edge anymore and he'll just go back to the bench.
0: Yeah, exactly right. And there's, there's more, it's probably, it's more likely that he'll become part of that rotation than again, you know, probably getting larger minutes and becoming this offloading machine and, you know, point scoring machine as well. Because he also got a lot of attacking, a lot of attacking points at the Titans, not just... Um, the offloads, but he, I'm pretty sure he was he was scoring a lot of tries as well. Yeah, but he hasn't um,
1: done that for two years. Yeah, he's barely right. scored a
0: try for two years. It's is going to be an interesting one this year as well. Um, yeah, I, no I don't problem. know how I feel about them.
1: Yeah. All right, next one. Um, we talked about Stefano. He was on my list, but I've already poo pooed him. Uh, Talamoilo.
0: No, I had him last year and there was just not enough that I saw. Um, although I haven't checked his price, I will say. I don't know he's, off the top of my head. He's but...
1: like 480-something. He's quite cheap. Mm.
0: Um,
1: I he's, he's a no for me. Like, I'm generally – so I think he's going to play prop, and I think he's going to play probably 50 to 55 minutes of prop, and he's probably going to score 55. Um, I watched – it might have been like the 2015 grand final. Mm-hmm. And the difference in his speed was very noticeable <laughs> from what it is now. Like, he's yeah. not old. Like, he's 28. He's about to turn 29. But he's slowed down a lot. And I think we're seeing that in his in his output. Like, unless he's done something with his training over the offseason that we haven't seen, and he's gotten that kind of, you know, crazy ball running back, um, yeah, I, I'm just not sure that he's going to get the tackle bust and the attacking stats back again. I mean... I guess it was only a year ago where he was still scoring pretty well. And, yeah. you know, there was some injury concerns and things. And people are thinking, for that reason, maybe it was just a blip. And he goes back to what he was. But I, I watched him pretty closely last year, and I didn't see a lot.
0: Yeah, he's just not as explosive. No. To be honest, it's, it's probably the exact same argument with Jaira, right? Like uh, Exactly. Um, but he's had a number of injury issues. He fractured his hand like three times last mm-hmm. year. Um, I think he's got a hamstring complaint at the moment. Um, and that's not the type of injury you want to be having at the beginning of the year. Um, and, yeah, look, he'll probably have a game where, uh, unlike, I think, Arrow, like, he probably will have a game where he just, you know, scores a try up the middle or, you know, has the line break. He's still kind of got that in his game. Um, but, yeah, on the average, it's probably still a bit risky. At, at that price point as well, you kind of either want... You know, you could probably pay a hundred less and get someone that will make you money potential, and probably, you know, yeah, get like, similar-ish points on average.
1: If, so, if if a guy like Lukey or you know we mentioned a bunch of guys, Firma, Lawton, um, any of those guys is playing big minutes, I think they'd score at least as well as Tamuilu for one hundred thirty k cheaper.
0: Yeah, and, and yeah, especially those ones that you kind know, of crack it in the, in the strong sides, um, you know. I think, I think, you know, mistakes that people can make are probably getting, you know, players like this based on name and it's having a slow start and then kind of you're behind the eight ball, missing those, um, you know, lower range plays that have popped off early, yeah. um, particularly from, from a you know, financial perspective. All right, let's keep going. Joe Tarpanet. Uh, you know, we talked about this the first time I was on last year. Tarpane will always score like 150 points against the Tigers and then does nothing <laughs> for the rest of the year, right? So every time he has that game, everyone jumps on that hype train, and then he's just not consistent enough. So, so for that reason, can I throw a I stat think, at
1: you yep. about him? Yep. He, so he was playing like bugger all minutes last year, mm-hmm. and then for the last sort of six games of the season, he, he got put to starting prop. Yep. because he'd been playing like bench bench lock for for a lot of the games. Yep. At starting prop, he averaged 61, and he played a sort of... His minutes went up and down, but I think that was sort of high 40s. Mm-hmm. Um, so his minutes went up a lot at, at starting prop, and no attacking stats in that 61. It was all mm. just base and power. Um, now, unlike Jai Arrow, where we said, you know, he didn't score a try at second row for those six games, Joe Toppenny does have a try on him. Like, we saw how well he, he played in the, in the all sides, for example,
0: and he has an offload. And he has an
1: offload. Um, now, everyone everyone would say their pack is stacked and, you know, you don't know how many minutes he's going to get. But if he starts a prop, I can't see him not getting a boost from
0: 41 minutes. Like if I, he starts a prop, I, I agree. Because I think Emre Gula got injured on Friday. Oh, did he? As well, and he looked he looked really good in obviously um, it's the Roosters. Yeah. Um, you know, Pack was a bit you know the young fellas, but he looked really good early, but then I think he went off. Um, the only thing I'd say to that, depending, I'm trying to think how the Raiders' rotation ended at the end of last year. I'd obviously Haroai and Naira got sent off, like had that massive suspension at the end. Maybe that changed up their rotation a little bit.
1: Um, oh, look, it's a it's a bit of a dog's breakfast. You'd like they've got Elliott now apparently, so I think it's going to look something like. Hudson Young on the right hand side playing big minutes, like maybe eighty. Mm-hmm. Adam Elliott on the left hand side um, rotating with Heroir Nera. hmm So maybe Elliott fifty, Haraware Nera thirty.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, Whitehead playing at lock. Right. Starting at lock, then going off, and then when uh Starling comes on for Hodgson, Hodgson move into lock. Right. And then and then Gore, if he's fit and um big Red Knight Horsborough.
0: yeah I think You've are the Ryan bench bench, well. bench
1: props, yeah right sorry so so there's only one spot for either Sutton or
0: Gua, and then you got what well, Popoliti, obviously as well so yeah Papali starting stacked. it's
1: stacked it's stacked it's stacked um but yeah look I think I think that's a He's a better shout than Giarraro. The other issue with him, though, is the the bloody vaccine thing. I'm not sure if he's yeah. allowed to even go to Queensland. But I think i I think they've got something like two games in Queensland over the first ten or twelve rounds or something. Yeah, we'll see what. Maybe that gets sorted out before the season starts. I'm not sure, but I do like I do like him if he if he's getting minutes. Maybe he's just one to watch and see what his minutes
0: look like over the first couple of weeks. But then he, well, I think you can't yeah, trust Ricky point, anyway, though. No, I think to your point, it's definitely. Probably the better option out of some of the others um, that have been just mentioned. And yeah, if he does now, that, if he can get minutes up front um, at the price point, and you know, he has started strong already, I'm just buyer beware based on he's so inconsistent at times. What about Josh Curran? Yeah, I like him. Um, Even at 13? Yeah, I just think he's a player that goes. Hard, really hard, and is a type of forward that the number on the back doesn't really matter. To be honest, um, really liked what I saw last year. Um, just seems to be made for Super Coach, um, and I think having, you know, SJ, even though it's not on the edge, I think he'll still help him out. Um, to be honest, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does end up, you know, in, you know, in the in the back row. So he got named
1: on, at thirteen the trial on the weekend with katoa on the right hand side mm-hmm. he might he might kind of rotate through that right edge a little bit or he might not i i was really keen on him all off season for all the reasons you just said like he's yep he just looks like he's made for super coach but but one of the things is that he runs that really good line and that gives him that sort of attacking upside and i don't Definitely. know that he can do that at lock so much so the lock thing has kinda of turned me off a little bit. I still don't I don't think he's a bad pick. Like he could you know, we saw that um Tohu Harris averaged like seventy from lock and he could he could do something like that. Yeah. Um but yeah, if he was on that right edge outside SJ playing eighty, he would literally be the first person picking my side. Yeah. Um but it, yeah, I I'm a it... bit 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 cold
0: with a lock. I think it's one to watch. I think, like, I, that's why I was saying before about, you know, I think a lot of people are really tempted to get SJ in, and that's fine because of the price point and all that. But um, I'm more interested to see what his impact is on on this back row because I've got Aken, I've got Curran at the moment. Um, I just want to see what the chemistry is like there. Yeah, okay. Because I think there's a lot of upside for both of them if, you know, if, if they click. Next one on my list, Sam Walker. Sam Walker. You know he was in my first he was in my first draft of, you know, playing around with the side. But I've gone cold on it. Why's that? And I'm just <laughs> he tapered off towards the end of last year and it's kind of like the the t- my analysis on him would be similar to the way I looked at Harry Grant last year, right? Um, is that the first season of footy? not big blokes they're completely mummified you know under the jersey by the end of the first year <laughs> yes. so there's massive durability issues to be honest and and I you know I didn't start with Grant last year he missed a lot of time um last year I think Sam Walker could have that issue he was kind of on one arm at one point so um yeah, just from that perspective I I think there could be an issue um and if you know if if Kiri doesn't fire there's some concerns there as well so i wouldn't i wouldn't say that anyone you know shouldn't get him i think he's still a really good pick um you know i can see why he'd be a really good pick but i'm just completely blinkered by 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 the body
1: yeah okay that's interesting i hadn't been looking at him very hard for a few reasons but now i'm getting very interested so there's, there's a few things so the first thing, one of the reasons why I wasn't interested is because it looks like he's going to lose the goal kicking if Monrovsky's around. But then when I looked at it in detail, he kicked so badly that I worked out it was only three points a game that he was getting from goal kicking. <laughs> so losing the like spread across the season because some Absolutely. of it he wasn't even goal kicking. So so that doesn't really hurt him. Um, he had one game where he played. I think he literally scored zero because he got like he played four minutes. Yep. So there's a bit of a freebie that probably cancels out the, the three points losing loses from Golpe, um, just based on on averages, so mm-hmm. spread over twenty games. So that's that. And then you know he's in his second season now. Reports are that he's bolt up a little bit. If you look at the games where he played like shit opposition, he really tore them up. Yeah. Like there was, some, and he's got a big, massive ceiling. Like he was scoring big you know, 140, 150-point games, right? Oh, exactly, exactly. Um, And then scoring very badly against the good teams, like, you know, throwing a 10 or something against the good teams. Now, I don't know if I'd start with him because two out of the first three games are tough. But then from round four onwards, he's got this, like, amazing run of good games. Now, I'm going to be looking very carefully, I think, over those three rounds to see what's happening. So let's say I start with Nick who I said, you know, He's kicking for the first two or three games, and then he might lose it to Walsh. That could be a straight swap to to Sam Walker once his his draw gets really good.
0: Yeah, he Something could like even that. Make money on that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like maybe maybe Sam Walker throws in a couple of twenties early on, hmm. and then you know it's yeah exactly. He could not even make money, and then I think he's a really interesting round four option or round five option. The only question yep. is yeah. how he kind of links with like we haven't seen him and Kiri play together. Yeah it's like, are they going to share the attacking stats? So maybe he doesn't have the big game in him anymore? Or does Kiri do all the kind of, you know, organizing and then Sam Walker's free to, you know, run it on the fourth tackle kind of thing?
0: That's right. And look, I think, to be honest, um, when you're playing overall, like obviously you're very overall focused. um, And... I probably have more of a head-to-head lens on at times. You need, you obviously need the players that just have the massive ceiling potential, um, particularly at that price point. Um, So it makes sense, um, particularly if you're not, you know, if you don't have Cleary. So if you get, you know, if Walker starts teeing off at at 500 or whatever he's at, um, and you've got the fullbacks firing as well, you're in a pretty good spot. Yeah, he's
1: he's definitely an interesting one. As I said, I don't think I've got the balls to start with him, but... I'll be watching pretty closely to see what he looks like over those first three or four games. and He might be a sneaky, sneaky little but... guy. Um, Nico Hines. Where's he available? He's half-back, halfback, fullback. And he's priced at like, what is he, like 650 odd thousand? Mm. He's, it's a 78 average
0: that he's priced at. It's interesting, right? Because I just kind of haven't even. Really considered him, um, thinking about the fullback, and then I've read a lot of reports. You know, there's a lot of hype around around the Sharks. I think it might take them a little while to click. I think they could become pretty dangerous um, if they do click, um, but probably at that price might be might be a bit much. But he's actually he'd be one really interesting to watch. I think how he fits into that team.
1: Yeah, I was like. On- all off season, I've been like, you know, he's like they've kind of priced him out of the game. Seventy eight average is too high yeah. for someone moving from, you know, the storm, the best team, and at the best scoring position in that team, fullback to, you know, a middle of the rung team and at half-back, which doesn't traditionally score as well. But then watching him in the All Stars game, and he didn't really, yeah. he didn't light it up. But it was, it, I got Nathan Cleary vibes in the sense that you know how I was talking about, like he fills the stat sheet he's going to fill the stat sheet. like he he runs the ball he offloads he's he's actually got a very good short kicking game he's going to get forced dropouts he's it looks like he's going to kick goals like he's going to get tries he's going to get line breaks that 78 average no longer looks as far kind of out of his you know like i I think he might actually be able to get there whether he gets there for round one i'm not sure but I think it kind of, you know, as I said, I think they scored him in the all size game at 68, and he didn't, he, oh, he might have kicked one or two goals, but he wasn't kicking goals the whole time. He didn't pot any. So maybe he can average like 75. Yeah, he could be a real sneaky one, actually. I'm well, just trying, you know, I'm just, he's yeah. probably not value. Like, I don't think he's going to do better than 78. Like, I think his best think case that's... scenario is probably 78, but but maybe
0: he, he kind of hits it, and that's, that's good scoring for halfback. And he could definitely be one that you know if he if he just um, has a low score early, for example, and he becomes value, he could be a real good pod. Yeah, if he drops reasons, a little bit right? early, because Fitzgibbon, you know, it, there's a there's a lot of variables for them. You know, they've got a handful of new players, they've got the new coach. Um, if that all clicks though, and they actually play a bit of attacking footy, because you know the sharks generally aren't necessarily, you know an attacking side. Um you know, generally known for, you know, scrappier games, good forward pack, you know, t- tight defense. Um but he's definitely one on the radar. Um it'd be interesting to see how he goes. How- yeah, I just think at that at that price point early on to put your bit sticky. How do you compare him to
1: Monster? remembering that Munster doesn't play that first game. So Nico's actually 685,000, so it's about, what's, uh, sorry, Munster is 649, so it's 36,000 more than Munster. Mm. But
0: Munster misses round one. You know, I haven't even really had to consider it because he misses round one. A lot of people are kind of carrying him on their bench. Yeah.
1: Just because he's like, they're just like, he's going to be one of the best two 5'8s. Um, Cody Walker is a- arguably kind of very overpriced because he had such a good year last year and doesn't have Reynolds and they've got a hard draw and all that. So if you're going to
0: pick a gun 5'8, just pick him and rest him for round one. Um, yeah, it's just such it's a bad game. Although well, I guess it depends, right? Because they miss a, ba- they miss a good matchup against the Tigers. A lot of people that probably are picking him may just be head to head. Don't play, you know, they don't have the head to head till start to round three, mm. Yeah, that's right? True. So they might not they might not care as much. Um, it's a lot of money on the pine for one week against with a good fixture. Um, you know, I think if if I'm putting that overall lens on, um, did with you the extra? Did you watch the, extra the trades as well? Did you watch the Melbourne trial? I did. Um, did you? What did you think of him there? Yeah, I thought he was. I thought he was solid. Um, he's lost weight. Yeah, I
1: mean, because that's that's kind of the narrative, right? Like that he's, you know, he's got his life on track and he's lost all this weight and he's going to yeah. be a superstar this year. Like he averaged seventy four yeah. last year, and most people think he had a bad year. <laughs>
0: well, that's right. I think yeah, that's right. Um, he's just a good footballer, right? So it's interesting, you know, if if he's kind of been, you know not taking things seriously, you know, in quotation marks, and he's just, you know, being a loose unit or whatever, and he's play, played the way he has, it is scary to think what might happen when he, you know, really knuckles down and, you know, puts all this extra effort in. I don't really buy into that as much because I just don't think Bellamy would kind of let all that slide. Um, the,
1: the thing but, that uh, yeah. the, that I struggle with, with Munster, and I've, Like, I I do have a bit of time for for picking him and just starting with him and putting him there. But if we think that the scoring was very high last year and that, you know, and Melbourne were one of the the recipients of that, right? Like, they were scoring massive scores. Mm. You've got to think that they scored a few less points this year. So they're going to score less points this year, but also there's four guys in that team that have to share the attacking stats, right? Yeah. We've got Grant and maybe even five with... um, with smith there as well with brandon smith so they've got grant smith monster hughes and pappenhausen who are all getting attacking stats if that pie is getting smaller where's he picking up the attacking stats from like yeah you know maybe hughes maybe he gets a few more of Hughes' attacking stats like there's just a lot of mouths to feed there and unless he somehow becomes like completely the dominant playmaker in that team and gets starts getting all the attacking stats then i'm just not sure that there is a huge amount of growth for him like and, and to be honest, it's, it, it's almost always Pappy, right, that gets it. Like, Pappy's always Definitely, speaking yeah. around, like, uh, sweeping around the back, and he's always going to get the attacking stat. I don't see how Monster suddenly starts getting it instead of Pappy. So I just don't know how much...
0: Yeah, the Storm tend to just, you know... I mean, maybe he makes more line breaks or something because he's fitter. Yeah. Know. You know, just thinking about it, you know, if I think about when I play head-to-head and you come up to... Coming up against teams and, you know, there's a couple of pods there or, you know, some of the big plays that you don't have. You know, in the last couple of years, I probably don't look at Munster if I don't I don't want to come up against him and I'm that worried um, compared to maybe some of the other names. So it's probably just, again, like he, he's cheaper than Heinz, though. But, yeah, I think you're right. I just, it's probably just not enough there to make me go, okay, he's really – you know, well-priced and will definitely kill it this year. And I feel really good about that pick. Um, I think there still is a bit of uncertainty around it. Um, and missing round one probably just completely convinces it for me personally. Um, but obviously a lot of merit in, in, you know, I can understand why people want to pick him. Um, but he'd have to take a lot of control um, and be throwing, a, you know, a lot of short balls for tri Um To who, though? To Kenny Bromwich? But that's right, right? And they've got a lot of players leaving as well. I just think it all goes through Pappy. I think it all goes so through Pappy too. All their fullbacks, you know, the way that the scoring system works, it's the fullback sweeping, throwing the cutout. That's a, that's the way the Storm have played. You know, f, f, obviously, f, Billy Slater used to do it all the time. When Pappy was out last year, Hines slid straight into it. Munster used to do it when he was a fullback. I just think all the points kind of go there. And it just means that There'll be weeks where, you know, it still get you 50, you know, 40, 50. Um, but with they explode, it's more likely to go, th- you know, the higher ceilings are probably just going to end up being, you know, uh, pappy. So we've been going for a while now,
1: so I might just try and wrap it up. Um, very quickly, we've got the Dragons trio, Sloan, Lomax, Jack Bird. Any of those Lomax. three guys catch your right.
0: eye. I like Lomax, um, but he might be quite expensive. I haven't got the numbers. It's not that. as expensive as you think. He's like 490. Mm. Um, He'll goal kick, right? Yep. He's He's probably will like they score
1: any tries? Yeah.
0: I, I, I'm interested to see who their wingers are going to be. I guess Ravalara, but, you know, who their left winger might be. Um, sorry, who, yeah, just who the wingers are. Um they're probably gonna have people that are underpriced, um if they have a bit of a fixed run early. Um They've got but, a pretty bad draw. Yeah. So that's hard, especially with, with, with backs, right? Um I think you can get away with it in your forwards.
1: Yeah, I think I'd be all over low max if if they had a nice start to the year, but they don't. I'm probably I'm I am interested in Sloan. He's a little bit cheaper. Yeah. He's still he's still kind of awkwardly priced. He's four forty seven. There's a lot of good options at that um that sort of price point. Like I've got stags in there at the moment, and yeah. Stags has a pretty good draw. So one thing about Stags is on paper their first game is kind of bad against the Ponies. but if if things keep going the way they are, it looks like it's gonna be um Jackson Paulo that's marking up on him.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And Jackson Paulo looked lost. Yep. Like stags could absolutely tear him up. Um so that's the... And then, and then Staggs has got a run of like three or four good games. Whereas Sloan's got a bunch of bad ones. I mean, the, the fullback position, as we know, is very friendly for the and He looks like a good young player, but
0: yeah. A there's a fun. lot of options. At, yeah, there's actually a lot of options at centre, aren't there? Around yeah. those price points. What did you think I of mean, my um, Joey Manu call last, last... Yeah, I liked it. I think he's primed for a massive year, to be honest. Um, as they probably start passing the torch onto him. Um, I would, you know, I I kind of got bitten, you know, burnt a little bit by him at the end of last year, but um, he's dynamic. So but he was I, great at the I, end of last year. Yeah, there were a couple of games, I, I'm just trying to think, maybe it was a couple of rounds right at the end, he probably didn't go as high as he had been, maybe because he went back to centre, because he was lighting up at fullback. Um,
1: yeah, he played, great, he, he yeah. scored
0: pretty, like, he was scoring, like, really well at, at center it's, it's
1: center of wing towards the end of last year that's kind of why i'm interested in you. yeah
0: um
1: there might have been that one game you know and obviously there was the last game where uh, latro broke his face and so he, he didn't oh, play a full course, game yeah. that might have been that might have hurt you um that but apart be, from that game he, he was scoring really well which and that's like i'm i'm sort of basing it off this idea that he's going to keep roaming around it looks like it carries out that he um he might play six in in the first game or two which I think probably helps him as well, to be honest, just getting his hands on the ball.
0: Um so I like him. And I think he's he's improving. He's really coming to his own. I imagine he's you know, he's continuing to bulk up. Um he's someone that I think could have a huge year. Um He's not cheap. No. He's and, in that sort of low max price range, I suppose. But you can afford it, you know, you can you can get one of them. You know, there's like that you can generally the way the prices are working across you, you, you can have you know, one probably real gun center. Uh, It's
1: just picking that one. So someone actually asked me this exact question. The question was, how many kind of 400k plus centers can you have? It's a kind of interesting question. Um, I guess it depends on the makeup of your team. I think what you really have to... uh, Yeah, I'm not sure how to answer that question, apart from there are a bunch of guys this year that I think are like close to must-haves. I don't like using the word must-haves, but... Oh, that's that's big. Well, like, some of those cheap guys, as I said, that are, like, in top four teams. Like, if Suwali gets picked on the wing for the Roosters at 250K. agree. Like, you've got to pick him. If, I if, think Weber, if Taylor I think May gets, gets picked there. on the right wing for the Panthers he, at 250K, you got to pick him. Like... Man, if Kevin Naquama gets picked on the right wing for the Roosters, <laughs> I'm getting him. That's yeah, actually man. an interesting one. I'm not sure if I'm, I'm going to get Kevin. Only because I'm worried with Kevin Nkwama that, like, He'll lose his spot to Swali two weeks.
0: I understand. It depends, you know, what the makeup is, but I think that we saw what happened with Brett Morris. Obviously, you know, they're not the same player, but they just feed that side. They do. They do. It's all true. The time. And even when Ikkavali went there, he was scoring massive points. One hundred percent. If yeah. whoever locks that down, and and you know, you know, for example, if Swali gets injured because he was he had injury concerns last year, and you just don't know if there's an extended run out. Um, you know, when the climb like two thirty or two forty. No, no, he's going to be three hundred. Is he? Yeah. I must have misread that today. He's not as cheap um, as you
1: think, which is okay. why that he, he's sort of slightly awkwardly priced. Have, have you got Cobo be. in your side? I don't have Cobo. There's talk um, that he's going to play fullback for a few weeks while Tessie's out. Ooh. I haven't seen it. I don't think Broncos at the time of recording have posted the trial side yet, but there's, there's talk that he might play fullback. I think he's in my team either way. I thought he looked really good in the trial. Yeah, The only issue is that the... The D on that side looked a bit fragile. So, like, I don't know if he, he could get dropped or something if they keep leaking. If they leak a lot of tries, but um, he looks a bit of a gun. He's got like, like there's been a lot of comparisons to Greg Inglis and Luttrell Mitchell, and I can see mm. it. But he's actually got a bit like a good work rate too. Yeah, like maybe not quite as explosive as a, a Luttrell, but yeah, he, he looks really good. He's in my side. It'll be interesting to
0: see actually with Brisbane, um, what they how they kind of turn out Um, and, you know, with all, you know, changes to key positions, um, how they go, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I was just going to say, so back to that question
1: from from the guy that asked, it's, I think you've got to kind of fill up those centre wing spots with the guys that you think are kind of absolute no brainers and, you know, as I said before, not all of the guild art, like not just because someone's cheap, you pick them, but like <laughs> the guys that are going to clearly do very well. Like I think I've got Will Pennacini probably in that in that mix, although yep. he didn't look that good in the trial. Maybe even Jordan Pereira, like he's got a really good work rate. He's pretty cheap. If he gets a spot, I'm pretty confident he's going to do well. Not a complete no-brainer, but um, yeah, so I think you've got to make the, the choice about how many of those guys you, you think are kind of no-brainers and then then you can fill up how many spots are left with, you know, four hundred plus guys.
0: Yeah, it'll just it'll just depend on the balance decide elsewhere. But um, the, the scary thing, I guess, with that is, I well, I think it's safe to say that you know most people will probably go down a similar similar route, right? Where well, they'll probably try and save some cash in the centers. That sense to be what happens. Um, and given the prices, you know, you're probably going to have to make a lot. Of, you'll obviously make a lot of trades there because I'm looking at the you know the top ten list. Um, just from a price perspective, um, I mean, it's very hard to start with, you know, Garrick, To'o, Alex Johnston. I mean, we haven't even Gagai. talked about them because, Do you know, what I mean, like it's no, I it's don't just, know. and like so, they're obviously going to be really good players, but it's so hard to, I mean, I don't know what your side looks like if you try and put, you know,
1: I mean, theoretically, you,
0: you could start with a To'o
1: if you if you're not starting with, say, someone like Fafita. Yep. So you could yeah. argue maybe that I mean Toro didn't actually score that many tries last year. There is a mm-hmm. world where where Tor scores more tries than he did last year and Titchell scores better. And maybe there's a world where if hit it doesn't go as well. So you know, you go you stack your your second row with 350k guys and you get a Tor. I don't think you can start with Garrick, like he had like a crazy record breaking kind of season last year. Like there's no way that he scores that many points. But but Tor there's a world where he does. The thing that I want to mention about Toro though and this goes back to, like, you know how we talked about Munster and the, the size of the pie. Yep. If Taylor May gets picked on the other wing, Toto is an absolute no go. Because Taylor, White, Taylor, Taylor May is not going to be Charlie Staines. No, in the that's In right. that, like, he's going to take some of those hit ups. The, the difference in Toto's base last year, yeah. between last year and the year before, was almost the exact difference between the base of Mansell and Staines. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Like Yeah. And 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 Taylor May looks like he's going to be much more like Mansour in terms of his his sort of work rate.
0: Yeah. So he's right. going to
1: steal some of those um some of those points back. And and I think like like Tottenham's basically then starting at like a ten point, you know, he's he loses ten points almost straight up just from, mm. from losing some of the like three or four runs. Um so if Staines is there round one, I actually don't mind that Tort will pick you just have to adjust elsewhere, but, yeah. Yeah,
0: or, you know, you might be able, if you're not getting turbo, if you haven't got turbo and you just, you know, depending on if you've got a Teddy Pappy, you might have that money there as well. Yeah, exactly. And maybe that looks like that. Uh, yeah, it's something to consider. Uh, yeah, he's probably the only one to go, just because of the base. Um,
1: yeah, he's, as I said, if, if Stains is there, he's he's a pretty good pick. Like, yeah. his, I don't think he's his value, but he could hit what he did last year. Yeah, um, and then you just kind of plug him there and leave him there all year. And, you know, if he gets a triple one one week, he's going to score you 150.
0: He's actually not a bad. No, that's right. He's
1: not a bad VC option when the the Panthers have got a good game.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. He was uh, he was unbelievable last year, and I think you know he was a set and forget very early on last year until he got injured he, in towards the end for the for the finals. He'd be a monster pod. Oh, no definitely. one's going to have Brian
1: Doyle. Like, I think, again, I think the issue is in that position, there's a lot of value. I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah. You probably, oh. No. Yeah. yeah. You probably, it's probably the one spot you can, you can actually make a bit of money while still scoring points. And you're probably not leaving too many points on the table because I imagine a lot of people are probably going to be doing that. Yes and um, no, though. So, yeah. So if you, you know, if you, if you get it right, though. Like, um, imagine you start with or to- and he scores,
1: like, I don't know, round two against the Dragons, he scores a double or a triple. Yeah, great. Yeah, agree. And people have got Coates who's playing, I can't remember who he's playing, but someone hard, and he scores eight. Yeah. Like, that's, you know, 30% of teams have, have Coats, and they're, playing, they're yeah. playing the Rabbitohs. I don't know how good the Rabbitohs are going to be, but...
0: No, but it's valid. That's the, you know, maybe where people aren't looking. He's actually having, you know, one, you know, the one gun center. Yeah, um, I don't think I'm gonna do it, it but I've almost
1: talked myself into it.
0: <laughs> All
1: right, we've been talking for a long time. We should probably wrap this up. Um, it's been a very meandering kind of conversation. Um, is there anything else you want to discuss? I think we kind of,
0: you know, wound our way, way around everything I wanted to talk about. No, that's great. I think you know, it's given me a lot to think about. I'm um, really interested to see how the trials go this weekend and test out some of these combinations, and then. Look, I'm sure, you know, next time I'll speak to you, you know, the squad will probably be flipped on its head, but um, yeah, it's, you know, to be fair, the beginning of the season when I, you know, you saw the prices and, and, and what some of the options were, I was a bit I was a bit concerned about what the season might might hold around some of the combinations and, you know, what teams would look like, but yeah, the, all the options, as always, once the trials start hitting and a couple of injuries coming through, there's, there's a lot to consider.
1: Yeah, I mean, just today, things have changed a bit, pretty much, like... All off season I've been running Pappy and Teddy there and liking the look of this like my squad around that. It just looks more balanced. But there's so many cheaper options that seem to be kind of coming up now that suddenly the turbo thing is looking much more viable. Just gives you that Definitely. kind of set and like well, maybe not set and forget captaincy. Round rounds one and two it's gonna be interesting, but certainly from rounds three onwards is is he's the best captaincy choice. Yeah. Um yeah. As I say, it'd be a shame if Pappy is out round one because I think everyone will have Turbo. But um Yeah. If not, it'll be that'll be a really interesting call. And then I guess like and then like with Cleary again, like if he's named round one, then what? Because I don't think too many people are gonna be able to have both Turbo and Cleary. So then maybe Cleary becomes a massive pod. Yeah,
0: he know. does, yeah. Yeah. And if Penrust go on that run, like we said, like it's gonna be interesting. It's yeah, a lot of variables there and uh, plenty to consider. Yeah, all right.
1: Well, thanks for coming on the show. Um, for people out there, you know, you can follow us on Twitter at SearchingCorey. Um, we will run some, uh, like I'll put up some codes for um, an overall group and a, and a head-to-head, a couple of head-to-head leagues um, over the next week or so. So, so look out for that and jump on. Um, otherwise. Uh, I think Beaver will be coming on uh, for Teamless Tuesday. We'll be trying to bash out a Teamless Tuesday episode pretty much as soon as the Teamless drop. So uh, look out for that one as well. Um, but otherwise, uh, Paulus, thanks
0: for coming on. it been a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Costa. I'll speak to you next time. Cheers, bye. Bye.